Hi, this is Jim, and this is Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. And welcome, everybody, to another week of Second Chance, Moped Podcast. We're here, we're back, we're in the basement. It's freaking cold in Minnesota! I can't take it! So I'm going to go to Kalamazoo? Yeah, I'm going to go to... I leave tomorrow. I've got a rendezvous with the yellow bike. Actually, the yellow bike's on the back of my car, and I can't say too much other than that but i've got to deliver a bike and yeah so i'm going to do that and um i'm already got like 30 something hours in for work and i don't have to take vacation i'm happy oh my goodness my hobbit i'm getting it done getting the subframe on uh i'm gonna actually take the motor i broke the cases on my fast hobbit this summer so i'm gonna take the motor from my Baker's dozen bike and put that on there because that crank has like 1800, we'll say right around 1900 miles on it. But like for a crank life, that's not bad. And like that cylinder probably has like 300 miles on it. So it's broken, but I don't want to run it on Baker's again. I'm going to build a whole new, uh, I'm going to build a whole new crank motor, all that's jazz, new ignition, new everything. Cause I'm uh, just going back to like my racing routes and stuff like that. Like, when you show up to a big event, and Baker's is a big event, like everything's new. That just you want new and fresh, and you want to take that variable out of it. And like my my um, my order for Baker's came to this on two Wednesday, something like that. Like I got my cylinders. I'm going water cool this year. I just picked up my radiator from Lee Pinkerton. Bought him. Bought that from him. Gotta figure out gotta figure out some stuff because that water cool deal is um all new to me. So we're gonna try it. Um and my friend Sam, she was giving me shit because I was kinda I was kinda barking not barking, but I was giving some people crap about running water cooled. And now she's giving me, huh, somebody went water cool and I just told her I'm like, hey, I gotta keep up with the Joneses, I guess. But you know, it's it's rad. I'm so looking forward to this year i'm looking forward to the moped season already and we just kind of got out of it and that's why i'm going out to going out to build and gather going to kalamazoo maybe you know i i get to see just a lot of people i'm really excited to see mars i'm really excited to see chad and patrick again and i hear hear my boy johnny johnny my boy from nashville he coming up yeah that's that made me so happy when he hit me up today and like I was in the middle of stuff at work and I'm kind of OCD about messaging people back as soon as I get one. Cause like, it's just a thing of mine. I'm like, I, I never do this to people. Like I, like I don't. And he's like, ask me a whole bunch of questions. I'm like, dude, I, I, I love you. I don't have time to answer any of this. Just go back and listen to the build and gather preview. Cause Chad and I covered all your questions. So if you have any questions for this coming weekend, just go and listen to it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be rad. We'll see what all comes out of it. Um, yeah, I'm just really excited for it. I'm really excited just to be around the community again. Um, I don't get out much these days because I work, and that's what I do. And I always get – I got some cool messages from some of the listeners this week, and you know who you are, and I'm very grateful for all of you. Um, and speaking of listeners and not really at all, um, this is a typical case in my life where – I uh, I meet somebody and I'm kind of salty and I'm and I make a comment like me and this person had we hit it kind of we we had a good conversation for some met him and then I 
tried to arrange him to possibly hook up with somebody, and then I talked to that somebody, and I'm like, did they? They probably never even got a hold of you. Yeah, they did, Jim. I'm like, okay, now I'm an asshole, and nobody knows what I mean right there, but like, it's one of those. Ah, I don't know. I'm all I'm actually really tired, guys, so I'm rambling like crazy, but I just wanna. Um, I'm just trying to do a good job to introduce um, my guest right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's super fitting. It's uh, James Colver from Long Beach, California, and I ramble as well. Yeah, well, like I felt like I didn't even mean it to do that, James. But like <laughs> for your lead-in, I think that was just so apropos. Like, it would... <laughs> I hope we don't task our audience too much with our our randomness. Oh, dude, it's going to be a fucking ADD screaming episode, and I'm going to love it. Um, nice. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just, you know, uh, you and me, you and I, you and me, you and I, we met a few times. Um, it was really good. It was really rad just getting to hang out with you at NASA's place uh, at uh, Blood Drive this year and just chilling. Like, got to meet your wife, your little ones, and all that stuff. And that was just like, I say this all the time on this podcast, and I truly mean it, you guys. Like, just that moment in time, I will hold on to a very long time. Like, I was, I, I'm just like really now, and we'll talk about your experiences with this. But like, this last couple of weeks, I've really been processing everything I experienced in Bakers in the summer. Like, I had so many life experiences this summer, and like. I'm just, yeah, dude. Like, and I want to, and your conversations of mine, I, I really always loved. Um, I was kind of bummed out. Me and you didn't couldn't connect when you were in Minnesota this summer, but you know, whatever. Um, but here, James, on Second Chance Moped Podcast, we go through people's mopeds journey. I.e., the very first time they ever saw a moped, to you know, the smile ride getting on middle part of the journey and what it's like today. So, James, let me ask you this. What's your very first memory of seeing a moped? Not necessarily getting on, but you can conceptually remember that is a moped. Uh, being on a school bus uh, when I was a kid and seeing those slow mopeds. It's just awful. Like, who would ride one of those things? It's terrible. <laughs> and did you grow up in Long Beach then? Um, Let's see, I grew up, well, I was a Navy kid. My dad was in the Navy, um, and I grew up overseas in Cornwall, England. Okay. Um, but, well, I was born in Northern California, I think in um, Sacramento area, uh, Alameda County. And then uh, we moved back down to Cyprus, California for a while. And then we uh, moved over to Cornwall, England from the ages of four, five, and six. And I moved back just before my seventh birthday. And then I traveled across the, the country um, to land back in Cyprus. I know we seal beach naval weapons station we lived there for like another two or three years and then uh back to our home in cypress california which is on the border of long beach <laughs> so you are another james with a very long memory because i can i have memories from when i was like three so like yeah, yeah dude that's awesome um yeah when well, it helps to repeat the stories <laughs> oh dude. Otherwise... well it's, it's not it's like all my family's like that like my people can believe this or not like i have well, they'll, they'll probably know this because whatever, but like I have two highly intelligent sisters that are very um, successful in business. And my middle sister, Mary, claims she can remember um, the nursery from when she was born. Like, yeah. And I, Mary's Mary's not a bullshitter either. So whatever. 
I don't know what that has to do with the podcast, but I don't care. <laughs> um, it, it, it fits. It fits. Uh, long this is all about memories. We're yeah, documenting yeah. memories right here. That's why I'm excited to be here. Exactly, my guy. Um, so you you saw that. Obviously, you didn't ride it. Well, like, when was the first time you got on and rode a moped? Well, okay. After that, my brother, he was, I was a brother who's six years older than me, and he wanted to get a, a Honda Spree. Like the okay. scooters and he bought the all not bought it but he got all the the magazines and the um the marketing material from the from the dealer and it's like oh yeah this free is awesome because it'll go 50 miles an hour or 40 miles an hour you know mopeds yeah. only go like 25 they're garbage <laughs> right and so i so i was you know like scooters are awesome but that was you know elementary school you know my brother was in junior high going into high school so he of course he wanted that stuff back in yeah. the 80s you know Graduated in 95, so that puts some perspective on the uh, age I was at when I first saw these things. Um, but uh, yeah, but I uh, never had a thought about it until I met my friend David Goltz. Okay. And he was um, like, hey, we should ride mopeds. Because <laughs> we yeah. like to bar hop and parking sucks in Long Beach for bars. So I'm like, this seems like a genius idea. And then he got a moped. Mm -hmm. And then I rode his moped. It was a black foxy. Like, okay. uh, I got a picture of it. I could probably show you. Is it one and of the was, like yeah. ones that kind of um, the pook almost looking ones, or is it like the because there's two styles of the foxy? There's the AMF one, I believe, and then there's like the original style of foxy. Is it the sexy foxy with the S curve step? Through. Okay, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Anyway, I rode it up and down the, the street, and I was hooked. I'm like, oh, I got to get one. I think it was the next day or so. I found one on Craigslist and picked it up. Nice. Um, within a week, get? I had two mopeds. Uh, the first moped was a Tomos. It was a 1977 Tomos. I picked it up in Huntington Beach, uh, A3. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't shift into second gear. But, <laughs> uh, I'm a problem solver by nature, fixing computers, yeah. and I'm not afraid of complex problem solving. But I never really fancied getting my hands dirty. Kind of put mm -hmm. off that knowledge of mechanics and you know engine works, but um to where See, I'm that, now, that kind of surprises me uh, with you and your type of personality i figure like you're the you're very intellectual i can tell that but like i figure you're very ha i thought again assuming oh, we're getting to know I each other i thought you were hams on. i just i just never applied my knowledge to to that you know arena it mm -hmm. just hadn't been you know something i've been exposed to uh, my, my dad wasn't a mechanic i didn't you know didn't have that in my family so i didn't grow up with it right and so i just hadn't done it but like through david and that i just i was a natural man i picked it up like that you know i mm -hmm. got that moped shifting to two gears in no time you know i mean what was wrong with this clicks. what was wrong with second gear it was like something to do with the transmission fluid or the, or the it didn't have enough in it didn't think he <laughs> even had enough fluid in there nice dude nice um so you got that one you said you got a second one right away what'd you get for yeah, your second almost bike? within a week or two it was a gorelli okay i i don't remember much about the gorelli I'm hard pressed to know if I have pictures of that gorilla, but <laughs> it became my spare mopeds. Cause you can't have one. You have to have a two, one for you and your buddy. Yeah. yeah. Well, or like you probably, you weren't in the performance age yet. It's like the one that you just seized or broke up and the one that you're about to seize or break up. So, um, so you, you got those two, like, it, what was it like? You said it was just for bar hop and stuff like that. I can't imagine there was m any or much of a scene really going on in California at this time. 2007 2008 around there no there really wasn't a scene um you know we would be talking a lot about mopeds at the bar i think myspace was still a thing 
Possibly. <laughs> so we'd be playing on MySpace or doing stuff at the bar. And I just, it was a great tool for bar hopping. But then, mm-hmm. then I think three months later, I got a Tomos um, LX. I think it was 19, um, or just a 2000. I think it was a 2003. So I can't remember that, the year. Was that an A35 then? A35. Yeah. Step through. And that was quick. And I'm not sure if I put a kit on it. I think I might have. No, I did. We, we ended up putting a kit on it. And again, the, the theory that you've always needed a moped to ride. So you have, now I have a, a collection of them. Mm-hmm. I lived in a nice little apartment uh, down the street from O'Connell's, uh, which is where we would start our moped rides. Often we call that the launch pad because we just nice. meet there and ride out from there. Some great photos online. Um, and yeah, it was a good place to store my mopeds on the side. It was a really ideal setup. So you, you already talked about kitten bikes. You already talked about performance. Like... And I don't necessarily have the timeline down 100% for when it happened. How did you discover? I'm assuming you're ordering from Treat's eBay store at this point, or were you just ordering Correct. online? Yes. So, again, I, I didn't dive into mopeds by myself. It was kind of my, my friend David Goltz is the one who was like, hey, we should do this. And then it just kind of, you know, took off Yeah. from, from there. Our friendship, you know, just continued to bond and grow more over mopeds. And we had another friend of ours, Brian Culver, who got in the scene. And our first, like, real moped ride we did together was Brian uh, Culver, um, Culver. I'm James Culver. He's Culver. I was going to say, that sounds familiar. Wait a minute. That's your last name. Yeah. It's going to be enunciation hazard <laughs> here as I stammer through words and trying to remember things. Um, and David Goltz. And we were riding down uh, PCH to the traffic circle. And I was like, we should just ride around it a bunch of times. Like, this is our mm-hmm. first, like, ride together, you know? And I uh, was just so excited that new, new moped glow. And uh, we get to the traffic circle, and I, you know, I'm pretty aware of what's going on around me. I see there's a police car behind me. I'm like, uh-oh, uh, I don't want to draw attention to myself. So I bailed on my friends. <laughs> I to go around the, the traffic circle a couple of times, to which the police officer pulled them over or just pulled up alongside of them. It's like, what are you guys doing? You're a bunch of knuckleheads. Yeah. Oh. And that's how the name came about because we were we were toying with the name Skid Marks because oh, mm-hmm. like a skid mark in your pants, a little yeah. punny. <laughs> but uh, we ended up with a knuckleheads name because that's what the cop called us for uh, being a bunch of knuckleheads. Dude, that's rad. I like how that's that's one of the better. I I don't want to say better, but that's one of the more appropriate club names. Like. I've just never heard anybody really actually like organically coming up with a club name like that. Like, I don't know. That's just fucking, it just, it tickled me in the right spot right now, James. Yeah. And it's thank it's you. interesting. You're talking about that traffic circle thing. That's a Minnesota thing too. Like if you, oh, any yeah. roundabout, there's like two laps to it every time. And like, it's it'll, it'll screw with some people in like other rallies. Like I still do it. Like he, and yeah i just it speaks to the nature of the fun we want to have i think i was riding with with uh, jake kane one time and we saw traffic circles and i was just like we didn't even need to preemptively talk about it we just started to do it you know it's yeah. just like the people people get it yeah yeah <laughs> one time I, yeah i was i'll do it in a group and stuff like that but like sometimes i'll just forget and there's like about six or seven of us all riding together and i was leading and I didn't do it. And he's like, dude, you should have done that for two reasons. A, we always do it. And two, it bunches everybody back up. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. And I got some very tight ones in St. Paul, like near my house. And 
I ended up having to take over a ride one time because uh, one of the cast rollers, the bike broke down. So like, and they, I knew the route, so whatever. And but I did kind of a detour because they weren't going to take this. I think I almost caused several accidents with it because these are no. this is like a nor. No, I thought it was funny as hell personally. But like these are like normal city blocks that like you know roundabouts are usually in a big boulevard, but this is a side city block. Like there's like fifteen or twenty bikes trying to do a roundabout. It was quite hilarious in my opinion. But um, so you guys, your buddies get pulled over, get the knuckleheads thing. Um, what's kind of that? What's kind of the progression from there? Like, are you guys just riding around Long Beach? Are you are you kind of seeing? Are you guys reaching out? I imagine there's a outside scene at this point in California, but like, how is it? That's what I'm kind of wondering how you kind of start to intermingle with the outside scene. Well, you know, internets. I mean, the, the, well, yes. So through our conversations, you're getting back to the treat store. We remember um, ordering mm-hmm. through, um, through eBay and then we got a direct email and we would just direct, you know, talk to Benji and he would, you know, get us the parts or however that would work. <laughs> um, and then uh, what happened from there? Uh, we, you know, YouTube videos and the, the Moped Army, obviously on Moped Army. I, I didn't post a whole lot on there, but I, I gather I'm really good at uh, um, gathering information. It's what I do for a living. I, I, I'm good at Google. <laughs> I'm able to apply knowledge that I um, research. And what, I think there's one video. It was a, um, the Moped Gang out in the East Coast. Uh, Hell Satan. Yeah, they were they were the eight. first like big from. Again, I'm still new people, so don't hold me to the coals on this. But like, they were the first ones you really hear utilization of like the rally video or like YouTube for this or that. So like, they're still legends. Yeah, those uh rally promo videos are still like like near and dear to my heart because it was just the the excitement, the riding through the you know, alongside a river and just like, just chilling, you know, with your boat, with your homies around. And it's just the, the whole thing was like, I, I want to have this experience. And so uh, David Goltz and I had talked about going to the uh, Flockia um, to a moped rally in LA. Mm-hmm. The uh, late birds were, were a thing. And I, the, the, I don't know if the Wooly Bullies had started, maybe they were about to. Um, we acquired uh, other members into our little, you know, gang. Um, Daniel Quinn, we called him Daniel Dog, mm-hmm. um, and he he was a he was a big part of our, our progression as well because he had some knowledge. He had a, a Tomos at the time that was so fast, like fifty mile an hour moped, and we were just like so like we felt like oh we don't know what we're doing. We're on our slow. Dude, that's that's know, still flying to this day because like yeah, Myron's rides. That's another big part of it as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Sean from Myron's Mopeds would uh, put together these rides. Basically, the history of it is he had brain cancer and he overcame brain cancer. And as a celebration, he started doing these uh, Myron's rides. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget how many there were, but I uh, have some documents. He would print out a flyer of all the pictures that he put together and send them out to us and mail them to us or however of uh, the Myron's rides. I think they went up to 99 rides or something like that. And I went on rides like 81, 82. I have the numbers. I, I don't have it off the top of my head. Uh, a lot of it's archived on this website, myronsmopeds.com. You can go through yeah. there and you can see some of the archival uh, photos from those Myron's rides. And you can see David Goltz in there and myself. That is um, a, that was a resource I do not utilize enough is Myron's Mopeds. Like, like I've always heard, you probably know better because you know the people, but I always heard to pronounce Myron's Mopeds. So, Myron's, Myron's. Yeah, yeah potato, potato. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not something I get hung up on on that one. Uh, other not pronunciations, maybe. maybe, but not that one. <laughs> um, 
dude, that's that's fucking rad. Um, see, what was you ended up going to a flock yeah rally then or the oh that that, that happened uh, after <laughs> after my accident. Oh, so, it's, so you had it, an it was accident. a fast year and a half, fast two years of, of mopeds where we were just you know through the Myron's rides through you know the scene we would we would get together do do late night bar rides from our from the launch pad O'Connell's and we go do a port ride through Long Beach and just. You know the, the adventures of it were, were wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I I could go off on so many tangents of stories. I probably should write down so I can tell them more concisely, <laughs> making it easier on the audience. Dude, I can follow you all night. Don't worry about it, brother. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, these are memories I I are, uh, you know packed away because well I've got a lot more memories that I I've made since then. They're very filling and wonderful, but uh, these are important memories. I'm glad to talk about here. So as I as I'm well, it's all part, it's archive, all part of the dance. It's all part of the more song details because like you know it's mm-hmm. that whole line I hear all the you know we don't we don't regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. I like, but you got to live in the now too. So like that's yeah. a bit of all of it. Oh yeah, I, I love it. I'm so lucky. I'm I'm incredibly grateful for having met David and him getting me, basically he was responsible for getting me into mopeds. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so it, so it's his fault. Okay. Um, but you said that was before your, you said accident. after your so, accident, what, what's, I'm always intrigued about people in moped accidents, staying in mopeds and like recovering. Cause like I was in a major one, you know, yes. but let's, uh, people heard what's here. What, ha- what happened to you, my guy? So February 8th, 2009, Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I remember we have so many moped rides and fun times um, that I'm coming back um, from my my cousin's house, picking up some tickets to go to the NHRA races the next day. And on my way back, they was like, uh, meet us up at the bar. You know, I'm like, uh, OK, his classic phrase is don't be weak, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because he just likes to push people, see how far they'll go. And, and I, I, I respond favorably to that encouragement <laughs> usually uh if i had to really had to work i'd be like no but i'm like oh i just need that right encouragement to have fun and so mm-hmm. he's that beautiful catalyst that got me to have the most fun of my life so i i like yeah i get home i realized later i, I had put on long johns you know because in february it's a little chilly uh what's um, chilly over there in february 50 55 yeah degrees. yeah so rough so rough it's 12 here right now James. just let yeah just let you know it's about our age yeah <laughs> i mean how old but anyways you? you back to your story so um i i I don't remember how too much of the setup, but I meet him at the bar and uh, some of these memories, this part might be fabricated or, or you know, um, from uh, from other people's um, information on, on the fact, but uh, we just were at the bar and I had my my jacket off over the bar stool and I think a drink spills and it spills on the off, off the high top table and spills onto my jacket. I'm thinking to myself, oh man, I'm a beer, now my jacket's going to smell like, like beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so then we, uh, I didn't even have a drink there because we were going to go to the next bar, Red Room um and so i think david had had one drink so we get on our mopeds and we're and we're heading it david, i think brian culver was there with us but he wasn't on a moped he was in his uh jeep or his car and he i think drove ahead to the next bar to wait for us and we're on our way there right mm-hmm. and uh oh, going down fourth street the bar that o'connell's is on and we've got uh, a lot of fun bars along fourth street there's um ferns which is there anymore red room is next to ferns and um 
Pike is, is along there. So um, I think it was right before the Pike. So at, at the intersection of Fourth and Cherry, uh, we come to a stoplight, the light turns green, and we start to go, and a lady runs a red light. T-Bone's my friend, David uh, Golds, and I hit the side of the of the car. The car had to be going 50 miles an hour, yeah. hit and run. So my friend, you know, he's T-Bone, he gets launched into the, you know, um, and lands up on Cherry. Um, I'm on 4th Street in the middle of the intersection. The car, like, takes off, right? I don't remember any of those. Okay, yeah, yeah, remember. dude. I, totally yeah. Fabricated. There was... Two witnesses that saw this, or at least testified in court. One was this um, nursing student who was coming back from from class or from work or something, and, and saw it happen. And she was able to identify the lights. Like we, our lights turned green. I'm thinking to myself, "Oh, I must have jumped the lights." You know, I'm always thinking I did something wrong. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was in the hospital bed, you know, like recovering fr from the coma, and when I hear a red light, I'm thinking, "Oh man, I, I ran a red light." How long were you all for, up. James? But it didn't. When I found out I wasn't running a red light, I'm like, oh, I was all excited. Of course, you can't speak from off my shut had a hole in my neck. So I jumped over a lot of details. I don't know how to tell the story as concisely as possible, which is why I probably need to write this down so I can tell it in a more clear way. Well, let but me ask you this. Anyway. How long, like, what were your injuries and how long had you been knocked out for? Yep, yep, getting there. Getting there. So um, hit and run. I'm, I'm left for, for dead. Um, I, I was wearing a helmet, three-quarter helmet, and apparently during the accident, it got knocked off and landed in the lady's back seat. So she drove off with it. Good oh, citizens geez. in Long Beach chased after her. She went all Good. the way from, from that place to downtown Long Beach into a parking structure. I guess her first call was to like a sheriff friend of hers because she's like, what do I do? And it's like, yeah, uh, stop. Uh, don't flee from the scene. I don't care if you're an illegal alien. You don't flee from the scene. Mm -hmm. You know, like good people don't do that. But anyway, um, these people that followed her kind of blocked her in the parking structure when the police came because she tried to flee again, but she, they blocked the, the exit so she couldn't get out. Um, she was de detained. And <laughs> so anyway, I, I, the, the, the rescuers come to the scene. Um, they check on, on me. Um, I don't remember any of this, um, mm, but uh, I ended up speaking to an emergency trauma nurse at a bar <laughs> um, a year or two later who happened to be in the emergency room when I was there. And I was basically saying things like, um, save my teeth, because I was missing all my bottom yeah. teeth. And um, like, I have insurance. I think I might have been saying something to that effect, because <laughs> I, I don't remember, but I probably would have said something like that, because I'm thinking to myself, in the moment, I mean, I'm, I'm probably aware that I've been in a serious trauma. Yeah. And something's going to, I'm probably like good for body parts. They're going to harvest me for body parts. Got to pick yeah. out of my Take care of me, please. I've got donor. insurance. Yeah. I'm good for it. Save me. I'll pay you back. <laughs> But the, the lady um, nurse who's like, she didn't know what to tell me when I'm like, save my teeth. She's like, oh, uh, they're kind of a goner. And I was <laughs> like, I got to articulate more because I couldn't really put together a whole lot of words with a broken jaw. And, and that will tell more injuries in just a second. Um, that uh, I was like, save them as a keepsake. That's so great. What are you going to make a necklace out of them, James? Like <laughs> well, how cool. I mean, look, my body spent 31 years making these teeth. I'd like to have them. <laughs> right yeah so, dude rock and roll yeah i'm i'm in the hospital uh for uh, i was in a drug-induced coma for like a week and a half oh wow uh, two weeks i had some crazy um hallucinations and comas in there mm -hmm. and i was thinking about having this be the starting point of my story is talk about you know how i had been kidnapped <laughs> this is hallucination but just yeah. the lead into the story would be fantastic to be like i've been i've just just been in an accident and i've been kidnapped and hijacked by by a rogue nurse who's taking me off off the off the hospital premise and is now holding me hostage because they want they want my my parents' money and their yeah. family's not wealthy but they have a house 
Yeah. So I remember one of the part scenes of, the, of this dream that they were um, trying to get my parents to sign over the deed to the house to them. And, and they had this one person who was not my sister, but looked kind of like her, but I knew it wasn't my sister pretending to be my sister. So that, so I could go along and agree with this, uh, you know, this arrangement. Yeah. And I remember getting all the nine. Yeah. And, like, dude. Yanking a hair out or grabbing a hair. So I'm like, I got some DNA from this person, you know? <laughs> so when I finally came to wait, cause I remember at one point they're like, Oh, these, these bad people came over to me and they're like starting to cut my head like this. And I'm like, cause oh, their parents aren't honoring the deal. We're going to have to cut oh, you. I'm like, Jesus, oh, don't do dude. it. I'm like, you know, but I can't, I'm like, fuck. And I finally came to, I'm just like, call my mom. But I can't talk. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. and I, my right hand is, is the one that's busted. And I'm like trying to, trying to rise my left hand to call my mom. It's like 11 55 PM. And they, they come over. Cause I want to be like, I'm safe. I'm back in the hospital. They let me go. They were you oh, know, like, it was that real to this day. It still yeah. feels real. Isn't that Which, weird though, James? Like yeah. my, my first instinct was like yours in the hospital. Call mom. I mean, whether it's because of your um, dream coma hallucinations, like that was yeah. my first thing. Like, after my accent like call my mom like that's yeah, yeah dude that's insane like i i had my, those i had yeah. those disillusions and like it's it's really gnarly what the brain does especially after trauma like i was Precisely. in so much pain that like and i can't remember if this was a hallucination or uh a dream or whatever but like i was really convinced the nurses were stealing my drugs and selling yeah. them to the yakuza like yeah, yeah. because they wouldn't it, give me anymore because I was in so much fabricated. pain, dude. Yeah, dude. I but know it's bullshit. It's like, what the fuck is like how the brain but works? It seems is, real. Yeah, yeah. I was really convinced. I was hiding under my covers because I was. I yeah. thought they were gonna take me away. Yeah, yeah, dude. It, that's it's nuts. So wild. I mean, I can the, the tangents I want to build off of this are that some people think that they see god or they see something else or whatever but it's like the brain it, it, it's it seems real until i mean mm-hmm. i was presented with information that's like okay yeah that obviously wasn't real but you know some people those can be presented with that information and still not say and still be like oh no i i know what i saw it's like yep. your brain dude you can't it's not reliable sorry you yep. have to look at the data i had this um conversation yes. with somebody you know i don't drink and stuff like that and like this is what i always have to remember like um I am, especially right after accident, I'm dealing with a broken brain, a broken tool trying to fix myself. And like, especially with people with like early on in sobriety, and I'm not trying to go to sobriety kick by any means people. I'm trying to rationalize with my broken tool. So like I have to allow other people to help me after my accident. That was really hard for me um, was because I am a person that just wants to be fine. Um, Yeah. But like with your accident, dude, like, so let's, what's the laundry list of uh, right. injuries? So uh, my, my, I pretty much broke every bone in my face, like Lafort fractures, orbitals, um, my jaw is broken. I have x-rays and pictures I usually reference when I, when I show people. I can send you over a, um, a link to the fo- photo album. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> a lot of these pictures are on my Facebook. You can look at my Facebook story and, and see them there. Um, the main x-ray is on my profile pic for Muppet Army. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, it's just wild. Um, uh, my, my, my jaw was broken. I broke my, my scapula, my shoulder blade, uh, which really didn't show up. It was only in the last bit of the x-ray. When they do a CT scan, they do these slices, right? Uh, through your mm-hmm. body. 
and my left leg was was broken, tip fibula fracture, and my wrist was was broken uh, really bad. But the the X-ray showed that it wasn't just broken; it was like exploded, like. Mm -hmm. it, and when it healed, it just like the two bones kind of fused together and this big clump of bone mesh be in my leg. Now it's, it's weird. That's kind of, that like with mine, like that's what happened with my femur. Like once okay. it, when the car hit me, it just yeah. exploded and like, yeah. actually, and that's wow. what caused all the damage. And that's why I limped to this day is cause like yep. the doctor said, and this is coming from a very well-respected orthopedic surgery. Mr. Henry, mm -hmm. we really had to saw India to put that. I'm like, oh my God, dude. Like, but yeah. so that, and that's that muscle tissue pain is just indescribable. Like, I can't yeah. imagine. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm alive. It's rad. I get to yeah, talk yeah. with another James. We get to talk yeah. about mopeds and accents. It's all good. And the, and the pain, I remember being in the hospital for just about a month. And it was, uh, it took me a while to figure out the, that it's just a waiting game. Um, cause it was, it's hard for me to be still like that. My brother who was there for me during this time was like, you know, talking to the doctors and like put him under cause he can't be, <laughs> I know, you know, I don't think I'm like, a... yeah, like some people when they, I, it's just, it's just like anything else. I, I, I realized I didn't know if James, everybody were on, uh, or, or doing the cam thing. And like, I didn't know if James knew I didn't drink or not. And I had to I DM him. I'm like, dude, it's so it's cool. Trust me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, no. I drink but, for me, man. Yeah. Have, have one for me, bro. <laughs> I enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but <laughs> so you were in that coma for a week and a half. Um, yeah. surgeries out. obviously galore. It, it was, it was, it was rough. I'd already had, I've already had a lot of surgeries already. Um, they put a lot of metal plates in my, in my head, like in my eyes. I can still feel the screws, uh, in my eye orbits right here. Oh, dude, that. I, I don't used have anything on the cool like that. side of my eyebrows, but those were taken out because I had another surgery later on to have some of the hardware removed. Um, I had, I had an external fixator on my right uh, wrist, which, mm -hmm. uh, at some point during the, my stay was removed and they did an internal fixator. And I remember, looking forward to that surgery because I had such a hard time sleeping in the hospital because mm -hmm. your body is just in a weird state, all this trauma that it goes through and the drugs mm -hmm. and everything else that uh, it's, I just couldn't sleep. I remember like not being able to sleep for like a week. I just could not sleep. Yep. And, and at one point I think I started to hallucinate and it was bad. Yeah. And so when I got that surgery, I'm like, I know that I'm going to be asleep. Like it's <laughs> something that's going to shut me down. This is great. And it was, I remember. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so do you, did you have to, uh, for, th we're not, this is not gonna be a medical show. Don't worry, kids. We'll get past this here in a bit. Um, did you have the wake up at like, once you finally got home and whatnot and were able to kind of deal, did you have it where you could, had to wake up in the middle of the bathroom, middle of the night to go to the bathroom all the time? Um, I, I did. Like that, um, I felt but, like an old man, and they're like, "You have to retrain your bladder." I'm like, "What the?" <laughs> it's that different. That might be something more on your yeah. end, but they um they plugged me up. So for like like two weeks, I didn't poop. Right? Yeah. Same. Um, I, I had I had a um catheter in, which was yep, nice. So I didn't have to get yeah. to go pee. But they basically, I don't know how they jump started my bowels again, but like I had a feeding tube, and I don't know how I didn't have to poop for for two weeks. I don't know if there's a Plug up my bed. I don't know what they did, right? Yeah, dude. But they, I, they they kept me in the ICU until my bowels, until I had my first bowel movement. And mm -hmm. I remember it was a, a pretty big bowel movement in the bedpan on the bed. And I had to, you know, that was a weird uh, yeah. experience. <laughs> and then 
having them remove the catheter was another you know weird experience. Oh, experience wasn't that bad. It was just, it just you know, it was like peeing. It's like a really intense urination feeling. Like, oh, <laughs> there it goes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I was uh, put into a, a hospital room, and I should have been in the hospital for at least two months. But there's some data, I guess, that suggests that you heal quicker when you're outside of the hospital. Mm-hmm. My cousin stepped up. Uh, to the job and she housed me for the next six months in her house in Newport beach. Cause she was really worried at the prospect of me being at my mom's house, <laughs> a two story house, which is not designed for me. I would be stuck in a, in a room on the, on the base floor. So, um, yeah, that's my, awesome. My you have a family really member that's willing to step up like that, dude. That's yeah, really, they, yeah. I'm surrounded with love and I I'm always grateful for that. And I'm always, <laughs> I, I, I'm fearful that I will have forgotten to mention people that are important to me in this moment. Cause uh, being ADHD, it's like, I can just forget certain things. I don't know. Right. Convenient excuse. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. So I'm, you, I'm you have to go live Newport. with family members. You gotta go yeah. to Newport. Um, Get the physical therapy going at a local place in Newport Beach. That was crazy. I remember just trying to get up in the hospital bed and how incredibly exhausting it was. I think I lost Mm -hmm. like some 40 or 50 pounds being Mm -hmm. there because muscles just atrophy so rapidly. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember- 7% a day you lose of muscle when you don't use it. Oh my gosh. That's, I I just remember that fact. And like my left leg is still smaller than my right leg to this day (laughs) because I couldn't walk on it for like- six months yeah i can see the difference my, in arms my yep. right wrist is smaller than my left wrist now yep. are the, the muscle yeah because i can't i don't have lost the full range of motion in my wrist which is mm-hmm. what i consider to be the worst injury is my wrist because it affects me so much yeah especially if you use your hands for a living in any sorts but um it was numb i had nerve damage from that um medial nerve damage but it's come back and now i have all of the sensation in my hands so i'm very very lucky for that um, I, I had a nail put in my left leg and I had that removed over time because the, 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 there's three screws holding the nail in or the rod mm-hmm. and uh, the, my tendons were like rubbing over them and I didn't like that. So I had surgery to have the screws removed. Right. And then a year later, I had a surgery scheduled again to have the whole rod removed because when I would squat down, the bone would flex. And then when I, when I stand back up again, it flexed back and the rod wouldn't. And the pain was just unbearable. Like I, it, it stopped me from doing things. I just didn't want to mm-hmm. go places to do things. Since I've had that rod removed, whole new lease on life. I've been able to nice. do pretty much everything I want to do. That, dude, th- that's that awesome. leg was bumming me out. Yeah, yeah, dude. Um, so you're, you're recovering and stuff like this. Let me ask you this. What made you get back on a bike? Well, my friend David Goltz, he wasn't so lucky. He died in the oh, accident. He got, he, I'm sorry uh, for your loss, dude. He died doing what he loved doing, and it yeah. was like a heck of a way to go. I mean, if we're going to go, like you're going to be smiling next to your buddy on a moped. It's kind of ideal. Mm-hmm. I just miss him. And if if I had died and and he lived, he better be riding a moped. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to be weak. Said, Don't be weak. <laughs> That's his, his saying. And, you know, I, I look at it rationally as well. Like, I could have been a pedestrian. It's just the wrong place and wrong time. Mm-hmm. Um, there is inherent risk with mopeds and we know that and we accept it. You know, these yep. things can happen. And some people have a higher risk tolerance than others. There are people that are just shrouded in fear. Like, oh, you're not back on a moped again. And I'm like, yeah, wh- why wouldn't I be? And it just speaks to the caliber of, of person. It's no, no shame on them. There's people that definitely that, that don't have that type of tolerance. We need a variety of people in this world. Mm-hmm. But I know I'm of a type who can, who has that tolerance. And it, it's just, it makes me smile and it brings me so much fun. It, the people I've met through this are just the best people ever. And, you know, the spiel everyone says, you know, I can, I can 
simplify it with saying, hey, it's a, it's a humbling activity and the people you meet understand humility. And <laughs> I have my weirdnesses and I would imagine these people with this in, involved in this humble sport will be a lot more gracious with me and my, you know, neuro spiciness. <laughs> so what was it like getting on, like getting back on it for the first time? So that's a great question. Um, we were in the alleyway of my friend Shannon Cream, who is a knucklehead as well, British guy. Look, he moved up to Seattle. Now he moved out to somewhere else, but uh, he was awesome. We were hanging on the alleyway and Daniel, Daniel Dog was there. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm, I've got a, I think I've got a wrist cast on and I've got, you know, the leg brace on and stuff like that. I think as a wheelchair, or like I had a, a, a um, I forget how I was able to get around. Um, <laughs> Not no, very no, 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 well, I, it doesn't sound like. I, at this point here, I think I was given permission to put all of my weight on my on my broken leg. I remember that day. I looked mm-hmm. the first time I saw the X-ray of my leg with the rod in it, and it's like you can't even see material between the two bones because it's a certain density. It looks like it's clear. Yeah, like, I can put weight on this leg, and there's nothing. There's only a piece of metal holding it. To, what, dude? I'll I'll show you my X-rays, dude. They're pretty gnarly too. Like, yeah, it's yeah fucking... wanna, you need to share X-ray pictures. Yeah, post this up on the make it the thumbnail for the podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, dude. Um, we might have to. Um... That's so actually the thumbnail for my moped. The first time I did a podcast for Moped Monday. It's actually my yeah. X-ray. So keep it. It's brilliant, beautiful. Um, so um, they they're, they're like you know they get on a moped because they you know, they don't know they would understand if I didn't want to get on mopeds again. But I'm like I'm serious about it and I'm, I'm a knucklehead. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like yeah like, yeah let's do it. <laughs> they had a moped, a Pook I think it was a golden Pook. It was a Shannon's like stock one, so it wasn't the fast one. But I got on it and rode it up and down the alleyway, you know, with uh, my my hand in a, in a in a cast, but somehow I'm able to grab the throttle a little bit and twist it and mm-hmm. and I and I'm just I'm adaptive, you know. I ride unicycles and do all these fun things and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm adaptive and I, I get down to the alleyway and turn around come back up again I'm like yeah i can do this again and they're like i think daniel dog was was like had a tear roll up in his mouth they're like yeah he's got it he's back on you know mm-hmm. and i think it was a month or two later that i found two tomos mopeds on craigslist for like 600 bucks i think mm-hmm. it was a, a steal or maybe it was twelve hundred dollars for two i can't forget it was an incredible yeah. deal they both had bi turbo pipes on them one was a sprint step through the other was an lx just similar to the one that got destroyed in the accident mm-hmm. um which by the way i was able to recover from the pound and i still have the frame hanging in the backyard and bits of it all throughout it was just destroyed my frame's in a flower bed right now in my, nice, at my nice. house yeah, yeah. Cool. um so you start, so you buy these bikes you start riding. What's the reaction from the family? Because at first, my family was not happy about me getting back on a bike, and you know, it's. I think it's, my mom was cool with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom actually was very cool with it. I don't know how that happened, but like my sisters weren't happy because they love their little brother. Yeah. So I think it was around 2010 that I met my now wife Dana mm-hmm. Bailey. And, uh, you know, I got those two mopeds and one for me, one for her. And it was, uh, it, it launched a whole new chapter in my moped career. I, sh- I did show up to that moped rally. A Flakia 3 is what we went to, I think, or 2. Okay. No, Flakia 2. I showed up in a wheelchair because David, again, David Goltz and I had been talking about going, but he couldn't make it, obviously, because, you know, he's being weak. He's getting out of that. <laughs> Terrible. I love him to pieces. <laughs> it's terrible. I love it. <laughs> and then I, I showed up and I got met some people there too. And it was just, you know, like it was good to, to meet some people and, and be there. I think I had a, a beer or two. This is uh, maybe not that long after, maybe a month after, after the hospital. 
So I was mm-hmm. still really emaciated. I, I looked, um, you know, Rough. really like Holocaust yeah. victim. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was on Vicodin still. I, I only took those for a little bit of time because pain meds can be brutal. Yeah, dude. I was lucky about that. Lucky with yeah, those. I, I was very lucky too. I didn't have any cool. like bad withdrawals or anything like that. I was terrified of them because yeah. I know my personality. I'd be chewing them like Tic Tacs eventually. Yeah, well, the, they take like half an hour to kick in, and that half an hour is painful. You're like, gosh, this mm. pain fucking hurts. And so the next time it comes around, you're like, I better not forget because if I forget, there's going to be half an hour of pain. So that's the game your brain starts playing on you. And this happened with me on my one of my second surgery, third, fourth, whatever. The surgery I had to remove the hardware from my face, and that was like painful. They were giving me tramazine or whatever the, the meds were. None mm-hmm. of that worked, but the Vicodins worked. Um, hydrocodone, hydrocodone, it, it, it worked. Mm-hmm. took the pain away. Um, I took them for about two weeks. I figured after that amount of time, I should be relatively healed. And, uh, and I remember, you know, not taking it. And then my brain was telling me, oh, it's going to hurt. You know, I mean, there's probably a more articulate way of phrasing that, that people who struggle with addiction can maybe articulate better than I can right now. But I remember that happening, but my ADD nature and moving on this, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's, that must be what addiction is like. That is, that's tricky. That's, it was more clear to me what addiction was after that than before that. I was like, oh, just yeah. don't do this. But your brain becomes so dependent on it. It starts to play tricks. It, it yep. manipulates you into thinking you really need to take this. Otherwise, you're going to be hurt. And pain is a very powerful uh, manipulator. It's, it comes down to this is going to make it all okay. Like that's mm-hmm. what it, <laughs> that's, that's if I can summarize addiction, that's what it is right there. Yeah. Just wanting yeah. to be okay. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was, it was not a thing. I just, you know, moved on and then I haven't really taken them since. And I used to take them occasionally for like, if I'm going to go see a dentist here or there, but in hindsight, knowing how, how bad they are for your body, I really avoid them altogether now. <laughs> but right on. So you made, leave, it to, you, know? you made it to that rally. You're out banged up, beat up. Everybody's happy to see you. Yeah. Happy to see you're alive. You get these bikes. Um, My cousins who took care of me, they yep. were not happy about me getting back on mopeds. But after six months, I basically moved out, moved back in with my mom. And it was at that time that I got those two new mopeds. And then I think a few months after that, I met Dana. I think it was in March of 2010. So in 2009, February 2009 is when the accident happens. And by the end of the year, I moved back in with my mom. Mm -hmm. And then in springtime the next year is when I met Dana. And that's when I got those mopeds. And then uh, I, I started to, did I go to a rally? I think, I'm trying to remember what the first rally was I went to. I might have gone to um, a Wooly Bully rally, but I, I connected with the Wooly Bullies at, um, I, I should write this timeline down so I can remember it, but connecting with the Wooly Bullies was a really big part of my, Love you know, Chris. resurgence into mopeds. Daniel, when Daniel Dog was a knucklehead and then he became a Wooly Bully and in doing so united the knuckleheads uh, forever. And I got to go on a ride with Daniel Um uh, I forget the, the time frame, but um, was it was Dana in the picture? She might have been. I don't remember when it was. I'm trying to remember. Um, but uh, I remember meeting Dirty Dirty Danny, Daniel Walker, wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful human being, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful man. Um, but I'm late. I'm always late. Running late is classic genes, right? So I'm yeah. trying to meet up at the at this at this ride. I forget the, the setting of the ride. Uh, I think it was a Gasquets ride. And I, th- I think I've met up with my, I had some new knucklehead members. I met Tyler at a, at a Myron's ride. Tyler Brecky is another, you know, big piece of this puzzle. I mean, getting mm-hmm. back into mopeds. He was there when I, I think he was there. I can't, I can't remember the whole thing. I got to write this out in the timeline. But Tyler <laughs> Brecky's been instrumental in me getting back into mopeds. 
um, Brian Culver, um, Jake Martinez. Uh, we all kind of got back to the movies. I think we were all going to this ride with the Wooly Bullies, and I'm running late. And Daniel Walker's like, "Just leave this fool, let's go." And Dirty and, and Daniel Dog Daniel Wynn is like, "No, we wait for James. You know, he's my homie. He's important. You know." Mm -hmm. And I get there, and it just turned out to be amazing. And, and Daniel Walker and I are like real tight. I mean, like, I think we stayed we stayed the night. Next day, we're, we're riding. I bring over a bottle of vodka because it's like, "Hey," he's like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> it's our thing. I, I can't remember all the specifics and the details that probably enhanced the story that could be told better by them and my friend Daniel uh, Dog, who um, later that year, 2010, um, was taken from us. And that oh. broke my heart again. So now we got two knuckleheads gone. And it was like, fuck, you know? Like, I remember Brian Culliver gave me a call and told me the story. And I was just in such disbelief. And it hurt because with, with his passing went a lot of memories of David Goltz and I, because it was basically David Goltz and Daniel and myself that just had so many fun times together, going to the casino uh, after hours, you know, and then the bars close and we can get a real yeah, cheap yeah. meal at the casino. And then we come back and we play video games at his place. And, you know, like, and, and Daniel dog just being, you know, such a tiny little guy consuming alcohol at a rate that's like he's gonna kill all the people but he can still ride man the guy could just ride oh dude that's fucking rad this is what let let his face, out. like a little whiskers and a little like mustache or something like that mm -hmm. and i think we did it at the mcdonald's we went to mcdonald's one, one morning after after this wild adventure and then he had to go to work and well i think he fell asleep in the mcdonald's and and we, we drew on his face <laughs> It was there that again. It's only David and, and myself that have that remember this, mm -hmm. and they're gone. So I don't know if I'm telling the story correct or not. But you're uh, telling the story correct because it's your story, dude. Like he, he leaves and goes to work. Well, I mean the details. If if we drew on his face at the house or if we drew on his face at McDonald's, but because he didn't see it until he got to work, and he texts, "Oh, fuck you oh, guys!" Oh Jesus Christ, that's beautiful, dude. That's so awesome. He rode his moped from Long Beach all the way back to. Anaheim or Orange County somewhere where he where he's from and with with freaking whiskers on his face and a little black nose dude that makes me so happy I love it when people fucking pull a rib like that and somebody just walks away and has to eat it for a while and don't even realize it dude that's that's that makes yeah. me happy Hey, yeah, so we got these wonderful memories, but he was taken from us. And then I, I went to his his wake, his funeral, and you know, the woolly bullies that were, were there. And you know, I, I fortunately had got to meet them all with Daniel before he passed away. So I'd already connected with that with that gang. And then our my you know, through Daniel and, and myself, the, the the connection between the knuckleheads and long beach is real tight, you know. Yeah. And and it has has been that way. So I'm, I'm like, I would consider myself an honorary woolly bully, but I, I love I that gang. I got I, I just love Chris and Hillary so much. Like those are the bullies that I know. Yep. And like Chris and I got to spend a little time together um in uh Seattle, dude. Like those like just again, the people you connect with in mopeds. Um what's what's we can touch on it a little bit, we can keep talking through your timeline. You're wearing a shirt, moped GP. How'd you how'd you get involved in uh moped racing then? Well, through through Tyler Brecky and um uh, Christoph. So mm -hmm. Christoph was like pushing the Muppet uh, racing scene and I was inspired to, to, to join. I remember doing a track day with the Knuckleheads. I think it was uh, Tyler Brecky, uh, Jake Martinez. Um, I forget who else was there. I could remember. I should remember. I think Ryan Lewis might have been there. Yeah, Ryan Lewis was there. 
um, on a track day. We had a track day to get ready for the original Tomahawk Cup. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember showing up late as I usually do and getting onto the track and, you know, get, only getting a, a, like a, maybe a lap or two in in the, in, the, in the evening hours and feeling just so awkward out there, just so weird. It didn't feel right. And I felt like I'm an idiot because I don't have any racing background or skills. And I just did it anyway, plugged away. And and then I think the, the Tomahawk Cup was like a few months later. And I remember um, doing a lot of work on my uh, Hobbit. I had a stock Hobbit that I'd done some work to. I think I had it decked because I had a client who, who's a machinist and he decks the, the cylinder two inches. And I, I'm really good at porting. And, you know, my, my progression into open knowledge had really just exploded after uh, the accident and meeting Tyler Brecky and Jake and those people there is where it really, you know, happened. We were wrenching in my garage with Daniel Dog um, mm-hmm. at my mom's house. That was really fun. And then Tyler ended up getting a shop and we would wrench there. And, uh, just you know, it really progressed. Tyler Brecky, I think, is the launching point for my you know super knowledge into into mopeds. And, Tyler and seems to be in. like a very uh, kind of a linchpin on the East Coast for moped racing. From I don't, yeah. I think me and him have like seen each other a couple times, but like I don't know him. Like, but anything I hear about him, dude, rad guy. So like, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I love the guy. He's he's grown a lot too. Over the years, too, I guess it just comes with age. I mean, and that implies that, oh, well, what was something that needs worth growing? We all grow. I've grown a lot and become, you know, uh, I'd like to say more mature. Well, I've, I sustain a wife and, and kids. So that's, <laughs> Dude, that's, that's awesome. Quite you've, kept, you've kept small creatures alive. I'm happy about that, James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't want that to be the end of my moped um, career. And I just incorporated them into it. I remember my first <laughs> moped rally, I went to, um, my first, but one of the rallies I went to in uh, Arizona. I brought my infant with me. Dude, that's rad. That's yeah, r- I think rad, the first rad. year I went by myself, and then the next year I took the wife and child, and that was. Would, would, I know there was an old club out there years ago. What would Tom Cruisers or something like that, or what club was it? Tortugas. Never like again. I that's what I love about like talking to you West Coast people because you have a whole different vision of stuff that I've never seen. It's like awesome. Like, yeah, I never heard of them um yeah. tortugas so, rally so okay. so good and I, I went to a black box rally bob or die in arizona and no in uh, um colorado arizona yeah i went I like i went to that with adam burens and he, he's a good guy i like adam yeah, very mm-hmm. very brilliant um person neuro neuro spicy like the rest of us i think people <laughs> need to be more forbearing about that i, lo- I like that i like that line about. neuro spicy dude yeah, adopt it yeah yeah yeah, I, I'm gonna have to try. We'll see how it works. And I've just been so lately on any catchphrases. These, these neurotypicals need to learn our word. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm trying to learn smart people some words at work lately, and they just kind of look at me. I'm more gooder has been kind of the theme for the month at work right now because everything's falling apart. It seems like in in my department, we're just gonna no. make it more gooder for now, and we'll deal with it later. Um, but you talk about uh, the Tom Hot Cup and racing like. How was like your first actual like you got out there practice? You felt out work awkward. You start working on your stock Hobbit. Like, how was the first race actually for you then? I won. Awesome. Stock yeah, class. yeah, dude, fucking rad. Tom Hot Cup, 2014 or I think it's 2014. Yeah, and that was just one of the most amazing things ever. You know, going out there. Hey, my moped. I wrote the number on it uh, 6.99 because I was going to sell it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I did all this work to it. And if it runs good here, people can have this moped because I didn't, wasn't really going to, you know, go much further than that. But I remember it, I, I did this thing to the variator 
where it almost like had like a second stage of variation where on the straightaway, it would just go really, really fast. Mm-hmm. It was wild. Like, cause it would just kind of lock in and just keep accelerating. And that, I think that alone helped me go. It was against me and Tyler Brecky. He was on that uh, MBK, the little BMX bike looking thing. Oh, okay. And he would, I would pass him on the straightaway. Then he would pass me in the turns. Cause he's, you know, much quicker at adapting to turns and racing and that stuff. It maybe it's cause he's younger. And also because he's extremely skilled, wonderful skateboarder, talented guy. <laughs> and I didn't think I was going to beat him because he's just so fast. And he would always um, pass me in this one spot on the track. I think it was a six-lap race. I forget how many laps it was. But um, he, um, on the last lap, his uh, throttle snapped. And so he, you know, and I remember the, the lap before the last, I was like, I'm adapting and learning myself. I was getting faster and faster. Mm-hmm. So I remember um, getting like almost to the finish line, like before him, like he'd be ahead of me and I'd like almost beat him to the finish line. I said, okay, this last lap, I've really got to push it hard. And if I do, I know I can get it and probably beat him to the finish line. Like it was that close. And then like right before the finish line is his throttle cable snap. (laughs) So I ended up passing him and taking first place. But it was a, it, it was a very exciting race. And then the next year I built a different, no, I, the same moped, same yellow one. I did some more tricks to it. I always like raised the exhaust a little bit each year to, you know, tune in and whatnot. Um, I think I changed the carb on it to the PSPG from stock carb that I did the first year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might've put a different pipe on it. I don't remember. I was racing against Tony Simone and that was a, a fun race. Maybe that's a year after that. I think, no, no, no. It was that first year, mm-hmm. second year, the, the Moped GP, which was, which is what it evolved into. Moped GP. I wear the shirt like all yeah. the time. Um, and I took first place in that one too. I remember passing Tony Simone on the inside and it was just like a really exciting um, race. Yeah. Tony's definitely a West coast legend. I hear about him now and again from the old heads like you just hell of a builder himself. So yeah, dude, that's it, the opportunity to race against him and, and the, and the friendship that that forged is priceless. You know, wow. What a, what a great opportunity. What a great human. And we had James pause for a second. My wife and... is calling me now. Uh-oh. <laughs> but so you did the moped. Um... I think it took, oh, I want to finish my moped search. So I took, third, yeah, I yeah, took dude. first place in the third year in a row and I beat him um, again. But this time I had my purple rain and I didn't even more work. And I did a little cheater mod where I, I bored my moped to 52cc, which. Oh, shit, um, son. Shaw, you know, Shaw Milner, he's, he's a big, big piece of our growth as well. Tyler consulted with him and, you know, he helped me out. And um, I learned a lot of tricks from, from him. Um, and he was like, ah, that's within the scope of regulation because they usually, <laughs> you know, they, they have a, a tolerance of it. <laughs> Pick the words to justify the story. Um, yeah. the, the, uh, my competition started doing the same thing and it was uh, understood. I, 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 I'm hard pressed to keep a secret. I'm like, yeah, this is what I've done. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, that's the awesome thing about mopeds. I've noticed there's no... I mean, there's a few people who keep "quote unquote" seat like I know a builder too. Like they'll like kind of trail off when you start asking them like specific questions. But like for the most part, everybody is like very open and honest about everything they do because it's like, dude, it's just mopeds. Yeah, I've learned so much from Jbot and his openness out there, and I just want to pass it, pay, pay it forward, and let other people know. Like I, I love this stuff because it's. Yeah, I mean, why would I? Why would I sit on this knowledge? Is am I that insecure as a human being? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I, um, I did some tricks, and that moped was fast. And then I the 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 next year, 
that was the last year of Moped uh, GP being in um, Apple Valley. Then it moved up to Northern California for the next two years. And I remember having problems with my moped. So I wasn't even able to place Aww. two years in a row. I think it was. But dude, that's racing right there. You get all, you, you yeah. get a taste of success. And then all of a sudden you're just snake bit. It feels like. I took it out to the Midwest, did moped GP in the Midwest. The first year I did that one, I took first place. I couldn't believe it. Didn't expect it. Um, there's, that's a whole story in and of itself. Um, I was stoked when this next year I went out and Ed beat me fair and square. And I was like, darn it. But it was cool. I got second place. So stoked on that. And I've gone out these past two years just flying out and riding on Shane Johnson's mopeds. He's been wonderful to let me borrow those. And what a wonderful friendship has been forged through these mopeds. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Shane's a rad guy. Shane kind of destroyed my life. I jokingly always say, like, um, I jumped on his black A3 Hobbit. And, like, that was the first kid bike I was ever on. I'm like, holy shit. Like it yeah. just like, and now it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a fun bike. Like it's a fun bike, but like that fucked my life up. So everybody can, like, there's a few people everybody can blame in this world for me being involved in mopeds. And like Shane Johnson is one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. She, Shana, Shane and I have, I think a good relationship. like he'll, he'll, we, we give each other a lot of shit and Shane's a good, good sport about all of it. Um, what what was it like and you know it's kind of all over the place right now a little bit but like during um the dark times in mopeds i'll call it the past couple years before when we all had to kind of do our couldn't get out and see each other what was that like for you as an individual riding mopeds trying to balance family mopeds and this weird worldwide pandemic like how did that affect your moped life i guess i'm trying to ask so, um, and you kind of talked a bit about it. You don't need to like drudge up some of the bad stuff, but like just use the individual. Like, how was it? Um, I'm extremely privileged, immensely privileged. And not only am I alive with all my senses and, you know, mopeds and things like that, um, found my way into a house, um, that, that we, we have through, some good luck <laughs> blasted <laughs> online here, but we, we have a house now and that's privilege again. Mm-hmm. So then, I, wow, perspective. I am so incredibly lucky to be in a house in Long Beach. So we're still in Long Beach and I've got a place to keep my mouth. This happened right at the you know beginning of the pandemic or in June, July uh, of the of, two, of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on, I got in here. And yeah, and uh, I, I uh, my moped scene life. I just got carried away with my family. I didn't really do much moped stuff anymore. I just kind of got put on hold. The moped GP has been canceled for two years now. Three years um, mm-hmm. hasn't happened, so I missed that aspect of it. Um, Tyler Brecky moved up to Northern California. When that happened, kind of the scene down here kind of kind of died for me. You know, I'm I need, I'm more of a follower. I need that person like David Goltz, who's like hey, has an idea and push me in the right direction. Tyler became that person for me, and and then I had my some of my you know knucklehead friends kind of got stuck in conspiracies, which kind of bummed me out because it's like I want to get back into the fun spirit of it. I was at the track one time, and my friend just kept wanting to talk shit and i'm like okay fine. i just i don't want to do that i want to focus on on the racing and the mopeds you know i was setting boundaries and they violated those boundaries and that's like that sucks man so now i kind of have to you know i, I have 
that's great space. I can't, I can't be around them because of that. You know, they they violated my boundaries, and and, and I feel like the, the times of COVID and times of Trump really, you know, separated people. It's really uh, done this damage. Yeah, yeah. polarized it's polarization right there. It sucks. And I, I'm a I'm a pretty neutral guy, dude. I I like to ride, but I also has strong opinions so mm-hmm. that makes it really fun to push my buttons and to challenge me with ideas that i disagree with because i'll you'll get a reaction out of me <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and dude so- it's it it's really shown a lot of people how mature they are the last couple of years about stuff um yeah yeah but um speaking of like kind of that scene busted up it made me very happy that you and old Rand daddy from uh heavy peddlers like within weeks of me either meeting you or him coming on my show, like you two interlinked because I love Randy and his partner, Grace. They're wonderful, beautiful people. If you can see me glowing with excitement, you know, (laughs) so since the pandemic, you know, I guess whatever, about about a a year ago, I ran into Randy, but indirectly I was, um, I saw some mopeders in Long Beach, these, you know, know, pretty young ladies uh, riding mopeds. I'm like, Oh my goodness, I need to go talk to them. Like, wait a second. I'm an old guy. I'm really creepy. Yeah. Uh, shit. <laughs> so I was like hesitant to do it, but I'm like, Oh, you know what? It's mopeds. Who cares? I'm like, Oh, yeah. Hey, I ride mopeds. I'm James Culver from Long Beach. And they're like, Oh, cool. And they're really nice to me. Pleasant. And they didn't make me feel weird or creepy at all. And mm-hmm. I, I, it was, it was great. Um, they said, yeah, we're going to be at, uh, uh, um, the good foot at Alex's bar that night. I'm like, yeah, me too. I got my wife. We went to the Alex's bar. It's good foot. Cause we were playing going anyway. And I met Gracie who's Randy's um, now fiance. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Happy for those two. And, and I still hadn't met Randy yet, but like, you got to meet Randy. And, and like, I met, I met, um, I think I'm combining a variety of stories here together. Cause from the ladies I met to, um, Dane, my wife was on second street and saw a moped outside of a haircut places. Alan, uh, Plumber, Alan's uh, moped, and I got to meet him, and and we we, we hung out. And he had his, his friend Evan who has a moped, and that's the part of the heavy petter moped scene who I love. Mm-hmm. And through Alan, I met, I, I got, you know, introduced into. Uh, I met Alan before I met Randy. Then when I finally met Randy, it was just like like, finally, Randy, hey, and we just hit it off like magic, and we all went away like, like a double date moped ride. Uh, Gracie, Randy. <laughs> Uh, myself and, and and Dana, my wife, and we went in the ports of Long Beach. I was on an Onyx moped, Dude. Um, which died. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> didn't have the range. In all fairness, it wasn't fully charged. But anyway, we just we bonded, <laughs> and and now the moped scene in Long Beach is alive and well and strong with the heavy petters. And I, I'm just so just happy to be involved. And then we ended up going to the moped rally in Seattle together, and we had had to ride together. Yeah, that was uh, a very special moment for not only finally getting to beat randy because he's such a nice and genuine guy except randy you said you can make me a map of all the clubs in california and where they are and i'm still waiting on that randy um yeah but i got to text him (laughs) um i got to (laughs) just hanging out with him and grace like they're just two sweet genuine people and like getting to hang out and meet your family there dude that was just like that was that made me very happy um, they're the right ingredients for moped fun in long beach mm-hmm. yeah and they were just here just a couple of days ago stopped by gracie works down the street from my place and so she just cruises by on her moped mm-hmm. got a great backyard <laughs> if you're ever in long beach literally hit us up i've got the we live in like belmont park area of long beach it's beautiful the ocean's right there really good rides to go on 
Um, I, I really like the original slow moped scene because it's where I started and it's fun and you know you progress towards performance and that's the moped GP is that side of me but doesn't mean I'm lost on the on the slow side of mopeds. So. Dude, I got I ended up because of hoarder Eric. I've dubbed it like I ended up. I was giving him shit because he was buying pooks left and right. I'm like, dude, you're fucking hoarding all these pooks. Nobody can get them. And I think he kind of ran with that name, but. Um, he will send me Hobbit ads all the time. And I finally got another stock Hobbit and I have to fix a lot of things on it because somebody who thought they were a moped mechanic did a lot of screwed up stuff. But the nice thing is it's a stock PA 52. So like, I'm just going to ride I, around St. Paul into the coffee shop this coming summer. I'm just riding stock, dude. I'm going to have so much fun. Like, cause I, that's about as much as I can handle riding a stock bike is for like yeah. eight to nine blocks and then i'm like okay we gotta get there faster now um well you were riding with me at the at the seattle rally right yeah yeah that's my stock moped dude that's bullshit that's not stock like it's legit stock dude. no it's Brad, not he me, dude he gives me no. so much shit for that he's like it's not stock that one there, I don't even have the cylinder board out. It's this original 50cc cylinder. It's been decked, right? I've done all the port work on that myself. Yeah. Um, really cleaned up and dialed in. Um, the variator um, I have tuned. It is a TJT variator, and I have yep. the uh, original pulley in the back, but I've done a lot of work on that pulley where the cheeks close together and the cams are grinded down so that it opens up even wider so that mm. the belt can ha- has more range of place to go. Um, I put a treats pipe on there. It's a nice little pipe. And uh, I have a 15 or 16 uh, mil PHBG carburetor on it that's been mm-hmm. tuned. And that bike is dialed in. I, I believe it's going to be dynoed at around five horsepower because my race moped, my other stock hobbit that I have mastered, uh, cool. dynoed at six horsepower with the 52cc board out stock cylinder. Let me ask you this. What crank are you running? The, this- um aftermarket crank yeah, okay what well, rod are you running in that aftermarket crank? I, the legit rod it's got the same okay. the stroke isn't i didn't over stroke it i okay. thought about doing that but that was more involved and i never got around to, to doing it but that was on the plate because the <laughs> muppets i was racing at the moped gp they had done that trick where they used a bore and a, and a stroker so theirs was like you know almost 60 cc they throw that like, minarelli cur- rod in there isn't it or what what rod do they put i think there's People better qualified to answer that question. I'll have to ask Mr. Jesse because Jesse Stevenson did that from the Cutters, oh, who lives in Kansas City. Like he's a master. Oh, Jesse! I, like anytime I get into Kansas City now, like I that's like my new mission is just to have breakfast with Jesse. He's one of those smart people. I get just let him talk, and I'll listen. Yeah, and like it's just At the races. Yeah, I was listening to him. He's just got so much just wonderful information i love that he is blogging it now and making posts about stuff and doing write-ups it's like he's sharing such valuable wonderful helpful information yeah like and he's i enjoy being around him like i enjoy being around jesse like he's got a bit of a not a chip on his shoulder but like a grit to him and i fucking love that like dude i love it yeah there's yeah it's je ne sais quoi or whatever but like yeah, there's just something of, like I I debt like yes. Um and it's no bullshit with that guy, man. He'll call No, out that's what I fucking season. like about yeah. him. Like you know where you stand with him and that's what I like with Jesse. Like yeah, 
Jesse, and you also showed me where to get the best corned beef hash in Kansas City. So nice. I, I dude, I love corned beef hash. Um but that and at what point, like a couple questions, at what point did you and your family decide to go up to um Seattle? Like I was like, was it right away or was it like, uh, we'll just like did you guys plan did you guys plan months in advance like mine was kind of a whim deal and then all of a sudden everybody from minnesota was going like they were gonna drive out and then that fell through and then like i booked a flight and sent it to, i'm like hey jake i'm going to the seattle rally he's like okay i'm gonna book my flight on a whim is kind of like on par with moped culture yeah uh, yeah that's why i get along with it so well <laughs> I, I i'm not much of a planner no but I'm thinking of other stories, even the pinball uh, run that I've done. I, I, I did those on a whim too. too. Like two weeks before pinball, I'm like, Tyler, you're not doing this by yourself. I'm going with you. And I did it, you know, <laughs> but uh, quick on Seattle though. Pinball, yep. keep making a finger mark for that one. Um, I, I was, um, a lot of variables had to come to fruition. Uh, we were been shopping for a minivan for over a year. Worst time to buy a car. Uh, oh, just to oh, yeah. Found a used uh, Honda Odyssey 2018 for $40,000. Fucking a lot of money for a used car, but you yeah, know what? But it's what it it has to happen. And that made my moped birthday dream come true. August 14th is my birthday. And uh, my wife's like, what do you want for your birthday? I'm like, I want to go to a moped rally. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and so we, we got the family and like, she made it happen. And like, I was able to enjoy time. I mean, it, you saw me enjoy my family. So like that, but I mm-hmm. was able, to, there's a lot involved with that, that she yeah. has to do that I'm internally grateful for that allowed me to go enjoy my friends and, and ride around. And yeah, like even the, the last day there on Vashon Island, we're sitting at that pit, pit, picnic area with the Anasas property. And I'm sitting there just like this warm glow and feeling of like, <sighs> might've been a little bit of the microdose, but you know, dude, whatever. Hey, well, no, you it don't even know, dude. It. It's beautiful. I, I just, when I, I left that in there because I was really enjoying myself. Beautiful time. I, I, I'm not inebriated. I'm just the right, Zen place to be. I just um, picked up my friend Randy, who lost his his moped. You know, you got there late. I picked him up on the on the uh, KT100 or that 100 cc Kawasaki that Jake Kane was riding from Grom Kyle. And, yeah, yeah. And we're riding back from from the compound to the, to the beachfront where we're gathering, and we just got to do that part of the ride again, where Mount Rainier just pops through the trees, and you're like, mm-hmm. whoa! And it was just. It was a beautiful shared moment with me and Randy and we got to, to the back to the crowd and then we wrote with them back to the compound. I had my daughter on the back of my moped with me. We were ripping through these beautiful hills and stuff like that. It was just so, it was responsible. I let the crowd go ahead because I didn't, mm-hmm. I feel comfortable riding with the big crowd of people with my daughter on the back mm-hmm. on the way back to this compound where we were hanging out. And I'm glad I did because I, I ended up taking the, the wrong direction, which was the right direction for me because uh, who fell off the, the track and went down uh, the hill? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know yeah. Anytime I think of see, I, I will look his name up real quick here because like... So um, validated yeah, my choice of a, direction I went. But um, yeah, then when we met up with a group of people there, heard what's happened. I had to, you know, my daughter, my oldest, hop in the car with my wife and then she knew where to go so we, we rode together we rode back to the compound and hang out there with my family enjoying good crowd good people my daughter is on an electric motorcycle riding around the dirt track i'm on my electric unicycle riding around the dirt track just oh, i was thinking to myself this is the best birthday ever i'm just surrounded with love surrounded with good people doing the thing i love doing you know it was perfect 
and I'm looking because I can see his face, and it's bugging the hell out of me. Uh, it's Matthew Price, who was the, he was the one who ended up uh, going off the side of that in bank of that mountain yeah, hill, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, Matthew and I have been contact a little bit, like, and everybody says the same thing about him. such a nice guy, like, and I'm glad like everything is working out for him. Like, again, I haven't talked to him too much about the incident, but like, I'm yeah. glad. Everybody, everybody with that ordeal handled it so well. I again, yeah. um, good, good. Dana, the access happened. Yeah, Dana Clyder, all the guys from Treats, really. And could uh, to let's not forget responsible John. He was also very responsible in that moment. I believe he was with him in the okay. ambulance. Yeah, dude, it was so many moped people take care of each other, which is awesome. Yeah, I, I, I just can be too involved with that because I have my hands full. But I'm like, I'm very happy to hear that. Things were yeah. done. He's he's just doing okay. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, it's scary. And yeah, hey, if you're going to do you want to do you want to talk about something else? I think it was a first for your family. Um, didn't your daughter first time get on like a motorized bike or something like that? Or yeah, and I, I think it's her first time riding doves with me. So we're we had a hotel up the street uh, from, mm-hmm. from the meetup points, and I remember the uh, first um, Saturday night. I didn't. Um, go to the party because I opted to go to bed early. Oof, what? I guess yeah. it would have been another hashtag James is naked again moment had I gone to the party because Carrie was there taking photos of the wildest party ever. Dude, don't the, worry. I had my shirt off for us, James. Thank you. Thank you. But my moped wasn't working right and I'm like the only moped I had with me on this trip so I needed to get it going. Um, so I, I got up early the next morning and I, I found the problem. It was the, the piston was hitting the, the head because there's a little arrow that points out where the exhaust port is. It's like a bump in it. So I yep. filed that down and <laughs> was able to get the clearance that I needed. And then it was running good. Had my daughter hop on the back with me. Went right over that one bridge. I forget the bridge it's called. But I was I basically full open throttle going 52 miles an hour with my daughter in the back of my stock Hobbit. Just ripping. It was so much fun. <laughs> And we get to the meetup spot at the donut shop where they're wet, but they left already because I'm always running late and that's okay. So I, you know, my daughter hops off the moped and goes in the car and then I race to the ferry and I'm on the way to the ferry with my directions. And I'm, I run across, um, somebody else on the trip. No, 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 no. I am combining stories. Anyway, I'm on my way to the ferry and then the, the group meets up with me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah it was cool. It's like, everyone's right. It was, it was like getting hugged by the moped <laughs> as we make our way to the ferry. And then <laughs> my wife gets on the ferry with me and I got pictures of my kids on the ferry looking at the you know scenery. It was a really just cool experience that day in Fashion Island. Like I said, it's my, it was my it was on my birthday, the 14th of August. It was just, what warm memories. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I'm so happy you got to have that experience with your family. Yeah. Um, and then you, we're going to talk about pinball run for you. Yeah, that's a transition. But yeah, pinball. <laughs> and nothing to do like, with family. Like yeah, foray yeah. back into well, it's it's dude, try to do that with family. You gotta have a wife or someone that's gonna watch the kids and support you to do this because that's a big ask, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I did, and Tyler was gonna go do it with our friend Jason McDonald, and they were gonna, you know, ship it out there or just something. I, I did all the logistics planning. I'm like, no, minivan's the best way to go and got the minivan and i got the the red tomos in my possession and it was like oh it was in bad shape it had like things missing and i was like this is not safe the shimming was wrong on the front end and 
the the motor was in good shape. I, someone said that Shaw had worked on it, but I don't know how true that is. On See, it. that's a rumor I heard. Like it was ported by Shaw or something like that. Yeah, I I don't think that it was. I think it might have just been cleaned up inside a little bit. I, I honestly don't know the backstory. And I've asked Tyler, was it seen being ported by by Shaw? I, the jury's out on that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I took apart the transmission and put in a balanced clutch bell that I had. And um, it was my idea to change the transmission fluid after every day of the race. And the first few days, it was real dark. And then by the last days, it was coming out still red, you know, and clean. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just, you know, maintenance and thoughtfulness and route planning. I spent many hours planning the routes for each day. So I had, you know, the, you know, the shortest route. There's my wife. She's here. Say hi. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and that was like kind of pre Google maps, wasn't it? No, no. Google maps is there. I use Google maps to, to store all my, my route plans and, and you know, reference them. This is mm-hmm. 2000, uh, pinball 2015. It seems like so, so long ago, but yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Like, uh, ago. how was So you guys drove your stuff out or did you ship it yeah, out? So or? I, rented the minivan and got the moped going. In fact, to pick up the minivan, I rode the, the pinball moped into LAX to get the minivan. Dude, that's and so, so I parked it across the street at the Taco Bell, walked into the thrifty rental car, got the, or it was a dollar rental car, got the minivan, drove back over to the, because I didn't want to show up on a moped to the rental car place. And, and I threw the moped in the back and then I drove it back home and did my prep work and then drove up to Sacramento, got, uh, um, I don't know, I picked up um, Jason McDonald, Mm-hmm. And then uh, was Tyler Sacramento at the time? No, he wasn't. He was here, I think. Okay. Wow. I yeah, he was still in Long Beach. He hadn't moved up yet. So then, yeah, I we all left from LA and went to to uh, the Midwest, Minneapolis. Yes. And how was your first thousand miles? Fifty five hundred miles we put on that rental. I was gonna say, like, I know. I think the Boston boys this year and their hurt. They all all. Like the three teams from Boston got Hertz Renovans. Yeah. And um dude, it was well over six to seven thousand miles they put on. I know Mars or probably Sam or somebody's gonna like be like, No, it was seventy three hundred miles, Jim, and we told you this and blah blah blah. Like And that the fuel costs in that are outrageous. I planned oh, all yeah. that. Our fuel cost for our pinball three was six hundred dollars. That's all we spend on fuel because we got like twenty five to twenty seven miles to the gallon on our dude. Minivan. That's so Brilliant. good. Like you don't even yeah. that was probably Oh, I like our fuel costs were insane this year. Especially and our rental with, like, cost four hundred dollars or something for the minivan. Or I think it was like we hit a deer on the way back, so we had to. Did you have the insurance though? Because Team Meat definitely had the insurance this year. They'll I didn't get have reference. the insurance, but my <laughs> Discover card had insurance. Yep, but it ended up costing me like a hundred dollars because yeah, the, the bill was for like six hundred dollars, and they only reimbursed me my credit card only reimbursed me five hundred dollars. So. Yeah, dude, that's rad. Uh, and you guys ended up winning that, didn't you? Yeah, we did. So the prize money, $600, went right to the rental. Which <laughs> <laughs> is about what the rental cost is. It was about $600. How was, was how was that for you, like, those oh, long days? It was days. a dream. I knew if I didn't do this, I'd regret it my whole life. I'm like, this has to happen. I, I remember getting cold feet, like, a day or two before we left, thinking, like, uh, maybe we shouldn't do this, maybe we shouldn't do this, but I did it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, are you sure you're going to need me? Because I went as a, as a chase, you know. Tyler was going to be on his um, derby, and I was going to maybe, if I was lucky, alternate a ride day with uh, Jason McDonald on the red 
It's almost, but we did. It was a five-day race. I did Tuesday and Thursday, and he did Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And being support was brilliant. The first day I'm on the side of the road fixing the derby. We did an engine swap. We dropped the, the whole bottom end off the front moped, put the other one back on again because we had a problem with the motor. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got my hands dirty. It's not all been easy sailing for me. That Those were the days, like, I – there's a part of me that wishes they could still do full motor changes because, as I tell people, uh, you haven't lived until you put a new cylinder on on the side of a highway because I got yeah. to do that this year. Um, <laughs> so we, we could have done that, but it seemed easier because we had the parts. To, to, oh, yeah. To, full motor swap's yeah. the way to do it, dude. And then you just rebuild at night or whatever. or Yeah. Table um, three the next year, I ran across J-Bot, who's doing a, a cylinder swap on his, and he had the, a spare motor bolted into the frame of his moped. He could have just swapped out the motors, but he's just like, I don't want to change the carburetor and everything else, so I'm just going to change the cylinder. So he used to do a cylinder swap on the side of the road. I would w- love to see pictures of that bike, like motor bolted inside the a spare motor bolted in the frame, dude. They've got to be out there. I don't know where, but I'm sure they are. Yeah, carrier, somebody probably has it. Um how like what was your favorite one to do then? You did two and three. Um, they're, they're both cool. Um, so, yeah, I. I would say three was probably way better thoughts. than going through the Midwest, dude. Like I love uh, Minnesota, and I think like some some of the best riding in the country is in Minneapolis and St. Paul. But like you get south, of, you get south of the metro, dude. It's cornfields and nothing for a good thousand miles. So like less anybody who drove through that it's a mix for me which one i like better i mean the first this pinball two we won that's exciting and thrilling and i was way out of my comfort zone far away from it because i live in the west coast so that's mm-hmm. something new ish um I, I had a lot of fun we were on a fast moped so i was able to just kind of enjoy it and it was very reliable i got to absor- observe a lot of scenery while along the ride and just it was it was fun and challenging and i remember one day i i tried to pee my pants because i didn't want to stop to pee <laughs> but I, I just couldn't do it maybe it's because i'm such an old man um and i remember pulling off to a tree and peeing as i'm peeing i think um maitland passes me by or um angel passed me by you know, and i'm like oh no i gotta get back on the thing and then i ended up passing them i think they took third that day and i, I took first that day um but it was it was fun west coast pinball uh, my team bailed on me. So I'm like, I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So motivated, so determined. I got a picture of my moped, I think six days before I left, in a pile on the ground with a KSAF split. Awesome. <laughs> I took a frame, a subframe, and built it from scratch. You know, like these KSAFs, I, I I did all this work on the to try to make my stock motor fast. Idiot me, I geared it too tall. So I wasn't even able to realize any of the of the, of the games. I learned some tricks from J-Bot along the way that I had it. Uh, um, like there's so much better things I could have done to it, you know. So I what bike did always you run? learning. Always what learning. Bike did you run on the third Tomos again? Or I, I had to, I had two motors with me. I had the stock motor and I had one the kitted motor. And the kitted motor is special because it was the same motor from my accident. Oh, dude, that's I didn't rad. Touched it. I just popped it on there. Had some bent fins from where the the front forks had bounced into it. And I was able to run that one. It wasn't the best motor, but I ended up running that one, I think, uh, for like three of the days, I think. And I ran the stock one from Seattle to, to California. I forget yeah. where I, where, when I swapped the motor out. 
think how come how, what happened look how come you had to swap oh what's really funny is in, in san francisco i bought a a, a kit <laughs> and i put the kit on when i got to la uh to the bully bully house and i didn't even sleep that night i spent the whole night hitting my moped yeah <laughs> it's wild i saw yeah, many the, pictures on that one yeah dude the, those late night uh kit sessions are great like I did that. Boston did that. Uh, Team Meat did that in the back of a part hotel the second to last night. We're all just group complaining together. It was qu- kind of hilarious looking back on it now. Yeah, there's a lot of work involved with that, though. And I ended up getting 15 minutes of sleep, and then I woke up and hit the race. Uh, I got like maybe three hours of sleep because my uh, chase driver Colby was snoring in the hotel. So I just went out to the camper and nice. <laughs> slept in there. Uh, love that boy to death though. Love Colby. Um, but yeah, dude, we're kind of wrapping it up. I'm tired. I got to get yeah, going to I, bed. So many stories here, man. I dude, could talk for days. I'm, I'm going to have you back on. You know, I am. I'll let you organize. I'll give you a little more. Now you got a little better idea. Help you organize the thoughts a little bit. Cause yeah, dude, you're yeah. Me and I, I, I followed you the whole time. Uh, get Thank some you. more GP stories. Um, get some more. Yeah, I'm very lucky. Uh, yeah. Between moped GP and pinball, all these experiences, memories I wanted to have, and I almost, I consistently, just I'm trying to figure out how to start this sentence here, but uh, of the things I've accomplished in my life, you know, the family, kids, all the things like that. But the thing, one of the things I'm most proud of, is the pinball. Pinball mm-hmm. two and, and pinball three, having done those races, there's something I'll always have a memory that's just been just like, yeah, I lived this life. I've done a, I've done that. That's fucking cool. You know? Yeah. And like, I think, and I didn't really think about this. Like, I mean, I thought of my own nucleus, if you will, my year of pinball I did, and I plan mm-hmm. on doing it again next year. But like Matt St. John from uh, Queen city Barons said to me, like we we're sitting around at the Cleveland rally goes, once you've done one, you're in this like fraternity, if you will. And it's not exclusive, yeah. anybody, but like you all get it. Like you all can yeah. talk about it. You all know the, you all shared the same pain at one point or another and the same joy at one time or another. And like, for me, I don't care any year I do it. Like it'd be rad to win it, but it's not about winning for me. It's about completing every mile. Yeah. And I can say for my, oh, yeah. like, I came in last place the third year, but finishing it was so important to me. My wife's like, just give up. I'm like, no. Yep. Every mile. Like I fucked up and DNF'd on day three, but I still came in fourth on time. So like, dude, it's, I love it. I love mopeds. It's nothing like it. It's the epitome of the moped experience within a week's time. Mm -hmm. The full, the full gamut in one week's time. Yep. It's all the rallies you ever want to be. It's the, all the tuning lessons you ever want to learn. It's, it's full test. Yeah. It's like, and like, I know mopeds, right? It's like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing, but like, I've done a pinball solo. I've been on the side of the road fixing everything from ignitions to carburetors. Like, that's a full test. Like, I had that level of confidence to do this and complete it. And like, that's something I can be very proud of. And mm-hmm. I had, bring it, you know? And like, I had that much ignorance to do that because I learned so much. <laughs> I didn't have the confidence, James. I had the ignorance to think I could do it, and turns out I could. Um, just yeah. uploaded 
don't yeah, test and load a bike into I, the back of a truck. I hate for my statement to be seen that way, but that's just my way of looking at no, it dude. myself. Cause I'm just up for anybody being out there learning it and doing it. And you know, it's, it's competition, I think pushes us to do things we wouldn't normally do. Don't necessarily need competition. Um, and not, I am highly competitive. I love Moped GP. I love these, these races and stuff like that. I don't do it just to win. I do it because it's pushing myself to be, to do something I wouldn't normally do competing. Like when I'm racing, I'm racing the person in front of me might be for fifth place or sixth place. Yeah. You know, I yeah, want to yeah. win, you know, but I'm not going to take away from the people who win by saying, yeah. Oh, I, I celebrate that. Cause we're all pushing ourselves and it's great. I'm happy for whoever wins. Exactly, dude. Um, yeah. And I can say that for everybody who, for this year and especially people who did moped gp this year like i couldn't get out to midwest just one thing led to another i just couldn't make it we couldn't hook up and that's all right we'll see each other we got to see each other uh the week yeah. or so before um, we're seeing each other now this is wonderful yeah, dude this is fucking that's what's so rad about technology um i can't i'm as we wrap it up i can't thank you enough james for coming on second chance moped podcast you're one of the guests i'm definitely gonna have on again because i think I'm we just so talked about much mopeds uh on and on and on um don't forget everybody like listen subscribe uh hit them hit them five star buttons um i can't thank everybody enough for listening still uh i had some some things happen in this week to me and like this podcast keeps me centered so that good for you good on you for doing this it's yeah. it's uh, bringing joy to lots of people, including myself. Oh, thank you, James. And like, so, I can't yeah. thank Jason enough. You get my vote, Jason Thomas, and everybody over in Richmond uh, for having me on years ago. And I'm gonna have to get your X-ray so you can have your X-ray as your show deal. Oh. Um, yeah, James, I can't thank you enough for coming on Second Chance Moped Podcast. And don't forget, my guy, mopeds are dumb. They sure are. Thanks. Cheers. Later. Bye.